I had a meditative mental practice with my drawing, and a lot of artists do. Yes, it's a meditative practice, and it builds a connection with the body and the, the dharma or the destiny. It's deeply nourishing, but it's not pranically nourishing in the way that a breath practice and a physical practice will then bring the other leg of the stool up to support the artist and say, okay, the artist has the, the technical ability with their craft. They have whatever's happening in terms of their career or things they're building in terms of contacts, but we need energy. We need more clear kind of sattvic in yogic terms, clear and conscious, neutral energy to support what we're doing. Welcome to Cosmic Rx Radio, a podcast that gives you real-life tools of spiritual empowerment and pure hype. I'm your host and intuitive guide, Maddie Murphy. I'll be serving up your weekly energy readings, cosmic boss interviews, and astro inspiration. Are you ready to love yourself more, manifest your dream life, and own your magic? Let's jump in. All right. Hello, my baddies. I need you to just really settle in with something delicious to eat because we have a treat on the pod today. Today's guest is basically a superstar celebrity in the uh, mystical cosmic space. We are lucky to have on Kim Kranz on the pod. You obviously know her. She is a visionary artist, author, and maybe best known as the creator of the New York Times bestseller, No Big Deal, deck The Wild Unknown Tarot, which was self-published in 2012 and then later rose to become a New York Times bestselling title translated into 10 languages. You've seen her art everywhere, I'm sure, tarot cards, handbags. I saw Tyra Banks playing with the cards one time. They're on snowboards. Her art is on tattoos on people all over the world. And, you know, not only is she a prolific creative who's influenced by a wide range of mystical traditions, she's also a multimedia artist, filmmaker, musician. She writes children's books that I get for all of my friends when they have babies. And uh, she's currently also teaching events and workshops around the world that activate the forces of creativity and radical transformation through art, meditation, mysticism, and movement, some of our favorite things. And you know around here how we love and hype up a multi-hyphenate, multi-passionate, creative spiritual who has a seeker's heart and is clearly on a soul-centered mission. So, so excited to hear her story. Her decks and her art were part of my personal return back into myself. So, Kim Kranz, thank you so much for being on today's episode as our Cosmic Changemaker. How are you doing? Welcome. <laughs> thank you, Maddie. I'm so glad to be here. By the time you got through that intro, I was like, wow, I just want to like lay around in the sun, actually. Right? You're like, That's why a am lot I? of stuff. Right? Isn't that funny? You're like, damn, like I'm impressive. And also like, I should be tired. Like I can just, I'm good now. Like I just go lay in the sun and eat some grapes. <laughs> when is enough enough? I mean, this is a question. This is a, it's a larger question, you know, but. That's a question we can get into. Because for you, I'm like, you are 
prolific. So first of all, can you, do you mind sharing your big three with the audience? Sure. I'm a Taurus um, with a Aries rising and Sag moon. Mm, lots of fire and that fixed energy. We were talking about earth sign culture before, and it makes sense with the Taurus of you of like the, the consistency and the ability to build all of this because as a very mutable person, I love all these ideas, but actually getting them birthed out in the world takes so much <laughs> discipline and showing up. And I really just want to, before we even get into your story, just tip my hat and say, I respect that a lot. Thanks. I mean, I also tip my hat deeply to my upbringing in the Midwest. I grew up on a farm with like a, you know, a truck driving dad who was out the door <laughs> at 5am and my mom worked full time and pedal to the metal, as they say, and just showing up day in, day out. So that's been super helpful for me. Amidst the mystical realm that I work in is the practical practicality of it all. I think that must be why I'm so drawn to you because I'm a Virgo with a Pisces moon from a New York, New Yorker, both my parents entrepreneurs or, you know, they didn't even call it that. It wasn't like fancy. They just worked for themselves. Basically, <laughs> my dad was a contractor. My mom was a realtor. And they're, they're like entrepreneurs. We're just like, don't have a consistent income, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sometimes I wonder about that word. I'm like, is it helping any of us? <laughs> like, what? Why are we using that word? Can I we know, just... <laughs> I know. I'm like constantly having this thing with words. I'm like, I say a word. I'm like, what is that? No. I'm not vibing with that word right now. That's so funny, but I, I appreciate that background of like, yeah, I grew up on a farm. So yes, like that really also <laughs> lend itself to this. And, and it, it comes off of you. You are, you feel so grounded, even just like sitting here in your presence. So actually, why I'm on this riff, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you were doing before, like, let's call it like the wild unknown universe opened up to you with publishing that tarot? Like, what was your relationship like with art and what were you doing leading up to this? It's a great question. It's an entertaining answer, I think, <laughs> from, from a creative's point of view. I was a New York artist in all aspects of that phrase or title in that I was very, very self-centered and, and very, jade, <laughs> very jaded. Very jaded. I love that. No. <laughs> and, you know, I just wanted to make my career happen. I was in my early 20s in New York. I was partying. I was making art, dating people, you know, just trying to make my career happen. I was showing mm. at galleries and I don't mean to be hard on myself about it, but there was a certain type of tone to that phase in my life. And I was making really big drawings. They were 12 feet. The biggest one was 12 feet by six feet, large scale collages Mm. I'd gone to Cooper Union Art School for undergrad and Hunter for grad school. I was just wow. completely focused on my career. In the gallery world, I was working at the Guggenheim Museum as an art handler and the Rubin Museum of Art. And I got this big show at this super cool gallery that had every year they would have, or every other year when the Whitney Biennial would happen, a couple of artists from their roster would be on it. And I was like, I'm set. I'm 26 and my career is made. <laughs> I had my first show there and nothing sold. Mm. And I had been pretty blessed up until that point selling work. And I was able to supplement my income as an art handler and kind of make do. And I was newly married. I went into debt making the show because I felt so sure that, that I was going to sell at least half. Mm. Mm -hmm. So 
The show was quiet, like you could hear a pin drop across <laughs> New York City. I'm literally lost in this story right now of like, oh my god, <laughs> I'm getting the secondhand cringe, the feeling, the anxiety. Oh, there was no no reviews. I also had great reviews and great, you know, just a lot of sort of momentum behind my work. So something happened then. I also, this is really important to note. I did not have a spiritual practice or an energetic practice that supported me pranically, energetically, emotionally. You know, I'd like been to therapy. Oh, always interested in the esoteric, but I didn't have a daily sustaining practice or reliance on a power that was greater than myself. Mm. So stack those things and then the expectation around what the show would do. Basically, you know, you can see the scene. She's broke. She's newly married. There's a lot of partying going on. New York City and what the person thinks, the protagonist thinks will happen doesn't happen. And then the gallery a couple months after that called me and asked me to move all of my work out of their storage because they were, quote, redoing the floors. <laughs> Who says that? It's I mean, amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. And like, you know, I've been in the back of New York City galleries and like some of my intern work, like no one's doing shit to those floors. There's like rats back there. and like So I borrow 500 bucks. This is just worth saying some of these details, I think, for listeners. I borrow 500 bucks from my friend to get a U-Haul truck to move my work out and quote unquote store it somewhere mm -hmm. in my studio when I had to give up my studio because I, I just couldn't afford it. All this led to eventually the gallery dropped me off their roster. The next email, I was like, oh, I'm no longer on the roster. Okay, that's cool. I see how this is all falling into place. And I moved to Philadelphia and rented a renovated church. And I I got there and felt like I had, was a complete failure. Like mm. everything I thought would happen in my life had collapsed. And I thought, what, like, what the F am I going to do? What am I going to make? I have this window of time. I guess I'll draw the tarot because that's something I've always wanted to do. And with that window of time where no one was giving me a deadline, I didn't know really who I was or what I was doing. And around that time is when I started very dutifully, because of the bottom I had hit, very dutifully studying the breath and mantra and meditation. And so all those things like combined were the ingredients in which the tarot was born that year of my life. And it had been something I'd wanted to draw for so long because I couldn't find a deck that really resonated with me visually. Hence the wild unknown tarot, you know, here we are 10 years later. And that's the background story of that deck. And then the business, the wild unknown, grew out of that. What a journey. Okay, well, I'm excited to hear the, obviously the next things, but I just want to take a moment to reflect. And I think I did just watch a movie. I'm like, wow, I could see it all. I mean, I'm born and raised <laughs> New Yorker, so I know like the New York art. I could see it so visually. I'm like, yes, there she is <laughs> down in like Chelsea or something, like in her cute little moto boots, but loading her art back into her U-Haul. Yeah. And I just want to reflect and again, share, like parrot back to everyone listening, like the story of, yeah, it's not this linear journey, like up, up, up. There's that moment. I'm sure in there you were like, what am I doing? I'm a failure, like you said. And 
And I think it's so powerful because you clearly have like this relationship to storytelling and art and the visual realm. But I thought it was interesting. You pointed out, I didn't have a spiritual practice up to this point. So it was almost like the art was coming out, but nothing to support you or to support like the channeling of it or just to support the whole ecosystem that happens in like the art artist relationship. Exactly. And I, I am so infatuated with the ecosystem of the artist. I feel like that's where my work is moving in the future because I had a very diligent drawing practice since I was 15 and a, a really beautiful spiritual teacher that I worked with for years. Actually, the new alchemy deck is dedicated to her. There's a whole introduction about her. So I had a meditative mental practice with my drawing. And a lot of artists do. Yes, it's a meditative practice and it builds a connection with the body and the, the Dharma or the destiny. It's deeply nourishing, but it's not pranically nourishing in the way mm. that a breath practice and a physical practice will then bring the other leg of the stool up to support the artist and say, okay, the artist has the, the technical ability with their craft. They have whatever's happening in terms of their career or things they're building in terms of contacts, but we need energy. We need yes. more clear, yeah. kind of sattvic in yogic terms, clear and conscious, neutral energy to support what we're doing. Oh, I mean, that's, I, I was just having this conversation with my sister about the difference of just art versus like creation. And like, they're, they're beautiful and they both go together, but I feel like creation, yeah, like the breath and the energy and of the art and like letting art be something that like, yeah, moves through you like breath. Like, whereas if you're not like leading with that, it can just feel very one dimensional or just, or something that's just draining you. So I think that's so, I'm so excited to share in a little bit, maybe some of the practices or, or things that you maybe like have helped you in that. But I do want to ask about the tarot for a moment because you know, the first time I looked at the wild unknown, probably how you felt, why you felt called to create it is because my aunt um, always read my tarot, like from my numerology from a young age, but I was always like, Ooh, the images, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't feel super drawn to the traditional you know, rider weight type of imagery. And I would see like play decks in like new age stores or like the unicorn one. I don't know. Just like I saw some things, but your deck is like someone gifted it to me randomly just because they're like, oh, it's just pretty. Like they saw it somewhere. And they were like, I never knew yeah. what this is, but it feels like you. And I was like, okay. And I remember like looking through that and just seeing like, and I, I love this. I love like the animal and the nature imagery. And I had just moved out to Montauk from like the city. And I think one of the first cards I pulled had a beautiful like deer on it. And then mm. later that morning, I just like came face to face with this deer looking at me. And then that's when I just knew like this deck and I am like, okay, we have a connection right now because like, because I'm a New York City, like East Village girl a week prior, just like, you know, bopping around with my coffee and like on the subway. And then a week later, I like pull my first card, like, what's this Montauk experience like? And like, I see this deer and then I come face to face with a deer. And I'm like, okay, like, oh, I'm paying attention. Like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm paying attention. So I'm curious just about your journey, like creating that deck. But my biggest like question I want to ask is, did it unlock or teach anything to you about like your intuition or to your connection to the kind of like archetypal realm? Like, I feel like, yes, like you created the deck, but I feel like the deck obviously wanted to like be born through you. So was there anything in that creative process that was like, oh, like I just got a crazy download or I didn't know that about that card or 
I don't know. Tell me, tell me about that journey of making it. A very good question to ask with the wild unknown tarot is, did I make yeah. it or did it make me? <laughs> because there's that very interesting switch from an alchemical point of view that the, the art is making us. Totally. It's doing the work. We think we're there, the one diligently. I'm drawing this, you know, buck on this card, but it's like this card is revealing itself to me and changing me and changing my life as I make it. Mm. I love thinking about art from that perspective. Mm -hmm. It gets me out of the center of everything, which is also like why I refer to myself as a visionary artist, because there's that idea in the history of visionary art that you take the artists out of the center and you leave a void space there for what wants to come through. Mm -hmm. So it's a vision that comes potentially from elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of a far out idea, but it feels much more like home to me than this idea of like, I'm Kim Kranz. I make this singular kind of art, mm -hmm. know my work and follow mm -hmm. me. I'm kind of like, hey guys, no one knows what anyone's doing. And so I want to make myself as strong and clear as I can. And then I'm available for what wants to happen next. I'm not really in charge of anything except what I pay attention to and how much how much prana I've got in my body at that particular moment. Oh. This is not an answer to your question, no, no. so I'll get... I'll Actually, get I just want to reflect on that. That's, I mean, yes, I want to hear if any other like anecdotal or other things to support that, but I, exactly what I was like picking up on, it's like, I feel like this was just like birthed through you. So that is a very funny journey probably of like, I'm going to sit down and do this. And then I was imagining like, did things start shifting in your life around you? Or are you having like, visits from the emperor in your dream realm or were you having just things that were like oh i'm i signed on to like kind of be the you know container for this thing that is clearly has its own life force and i think back to your thing about the self-care and the breath and the prana it's like you have to do all that to stay like the clear and open vessel right because like it is about you because you are doing it but it's also like not about you which is actually weirdly reassuring too as i'm sure someone putting their vulnerable art out in the world but yeah, anything else you want to add about that? But I just want to say what you just said was kind of what I was trying to like figure out how to ask. Like this experience wasn't just like you drawing something and being like, here it is. <laughs> exactly. Let, let me be very clear. My life turned upside down when I drew I the tarot. Knew. I just like knew that had to be the situation. I mean, I think everyone should do it. Every artist, especially. It's one of the most interesting and most generating, like giving back processes you could possibly do as an artist. So I'm advocating everyone, you know, do a tarot deck at some point in your life. I don't care if it's collage or photography or concept or song or however you want to work with the cards, but there's 78 incredible archetypal, universal power structures that underlie our entire world mm. and they're timeless mm. and that's why the tarot works so what happened for me is I was a visual artist and I drew the tarot and I was like how come this thing has so much power mm -hmm. how come why why the tarot mm -hmm. why does this work so well and as a person who studies imagery, I've been studying imagery in art school for years, so very interested in how images affect our psyche and what they conjure up in us. Mm. So I was naturally drawn to the tarot and then mind boggled by its power. Mm -hmm. 
So that led me to say, okay, well, if tarot is the Corvette that I'm in or whatever vehicle, let's call it the, um, <laughs> I don't know what, what is good. the vehicle that the tarot is? We'll call it a Corvette. I don't know. I like Corvette. It came through. So we're just going to trust that. <laughs> okay. A black Corvette. Okay. <laughs> we're in the black Corvette and it's like, well, this is working mm-hmm. and it drives really well and people love to ride in this car. Mm-hmm. So what is the engine that's operating this? And that led me then to study archetypes, uh, there which we is go. how the archetypes. Yeah, this is an important question that you asked. That's <laughs> how the archetypes deck then came, you know, two decks later. And I started to study Jungian psychology and to really try to understand what is it that fuels the tarot and why is it reliable? It's just a bunch of cards with some words and drawings on one hand. That's literally all it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On the other hand, it applies to everyone's life and it can activate so many different concepts and conversations and breakthroughs. So how does it, how does that happen? And then I found that it's built on very reliable archetypes. Okay. Well, what the hell is an archetype? Right. (laughs) (laughs) So I just kept going deeper into the Corvette. I'm like, I got the engine. The engine is archetypes. Now I want to know, like, what are all these parts inside? What's the heat? Because every engine has heat. What's the fire Mm -hmm. inside the engine that makes it run? And then when I studied that and kind of got more, even more and more basic, what's inside the engine is heat and fire. Something's firing. So that brought me then to alchemy, to study alchemy. Hence, the fourth and final Wild Unknown deck is the Wild Unknown Alchemy deck. Oh, I love that breakdown of and the car analogy. Like totally, <laughs> the car it actually car really worked. worked. That was <laughs> that was spontaneous. But actually, if you look at things alchemically, they often have fire at the core. If something's working, there's heat mm-hmm. somewhere, mm-hmm. and that's what's so fascinating to study alchemy is it all comes down to at some point this interest in heat and fire, which is also desire or longing or, you know, some kind of little, mm-hmm. oh, it's just a palpable spark heat. or heat. Right? Like yeah, a spark. Board, right? Like we need that. And that's so fun to hear that journey into it. And like, that was a really cool actually analogy because I could see it. Um, and I was going to ask you about the journey from like deck to deck, um, specifically the archetype deck, because my cousin, Kirsten, who taught me about tarot is listening. We are huge fans of you and she bought me the archetype deck. We were like little kids when it came out. I think it was like summer 2019, 2018. But we were going through it. Like it was a lot of intense stuff happening in our family. Everything's like really heavy. And um, like we're like, okay, we opened the deck and cleared it. I'm like, okay, like what is this deck? Like how does it want to work with us? And like what's the medicine we need right now? And she's a Scorpio and I'm uh, all these Pisces placements. So we're just like in it. And we uh, like never forget this moment. And we like loved your art and, and the wild unknown like brought me in such a deep place. And the, the animal deck like was so like happy to me, but also had some like intense moments for me. And I just pull the comic card. And <laughs> I knew you were going <laughs> to say knew that. that, right? Like you she pulled the comic. Knew that. And I was like, what? And it was like a movie, like the mute was like, and I was like, and we just <laughs> burst into like belly. La- like, isn't it like a meme cat and like on a club and like i had never seen anything from you that was more like multimedia like that too so i was just like wait what i'm like and i 
whatever the medicine that deck was is how that I still feel that connection to that comic card. And when I'm working with someone or they pull that for the card of the year, I'm like, okay, you ex- should be excited because I love this it card. It's amazing. Well, because you have an incredible laugh. Oh. <laughs> and you're mm. very, very funny. It's a big part of your... I, this. I know, I know, I know. Your auric, podcast. Your like, auric. I don't know. I'm doing all the time. Like, you know, the thing. Like, your aura is filled with right, with yeah. laughter. Is that something I can say on this podcast? Please. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But that's what I loved about that. For listeners, <laughs> if you could see Maddie right now, you could see that her aura is filled with giggles. Oh my god! I'm oh. gonna take that as a quote and put it somewhere. Quote Kim Kranz. I'm like, <laughs> guys, I'm I'm good. I'm good on life now. I got the endorsement that I needed. Um, <laughs> or is filled with giggles, but truly, like, and that's something I've always had to learn. Is I am a very like giggly, happy. I, I've sat in like New York City psychic medium circles. God knows, like weird, weird, weird things I found when I was like starting this path like ten years ago. And I was like, I remember sitting next to someone, and this guy's like, "You're just giving me such like." Loki energy. I'm like, I don't even know what that meant. And he's like, it's just like mischievous and silly and giggle. And I was like, wait, no, I want to be like taken seriously. And then clearly my journey is like, there's a lot of people taking themselves seriously. You can do serious things and talk about serious things, but like you are here to like laugh and like that Mercury trickster. So the comic it made so much sense. And I swear, I know it's funny, but it was just part of this other moment of synthesis in my life of like, yeah, that's part of you. Like, enjoy that, embrace it. Like, you're not going to be. You can't wear all white and do these like photo shoots and long, like all white flowing. You you spill ketchup on yourself. You, your dog will drool on that. Like you're the girl who's a little messy, but really funny and just down to like laugh at this wild human experience that we're in. So I am like so grateful to that comic card because it just like archetypes do. It was like, ooh, it became so solidified for me and archetype. It feels like, oh, I could, I could really put this on and embrace this and give words and language and images to something I had been sort of like dancing around or avoiding or questioning for so long. So yeah, a very silly story, but also like it was the power of that deck. I was like, thank you. So so thank you, Kim. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear it because, you know, that card came in as a very last edit to the deck. I wanted to include, I think I had like 250 archetypes I wanted to be in the deck. And I was talking to my editor. I'm like, how thick can the deck be? Like, how many cards is too many to hold in your hands? And eventually, uh, the first kind of draft went through and I saw the deck and I was like, oh my God, there is nothing funny in this deck. <laughs> Your sad energy's like, like, wait, hold on. (laughs) Oh my God. All this research and just got more and more and more serious and more and more trying to concoct this perfect thing. And that is its own archetypal energy in and of itself. And I was like, oh my God, we need to bust this up. And it, it was like the last card to slide in at the very last minute. And I was like, well, how do you draw the comic card? It has to be funny. But everything I draw is so like poetic, you know, it has this sort of details and just the right amount of line work and glistening something. And it's like, no, it's the cat with the (laughs) hilarious hat on it with the rainbow coming out. And every time I look at it, I laugh. I'm just like you're saying, I'm snapped out of my (laughs) mental state. And that's what the comic does. It, 
It's so trickster. It's very mercurial. It takes the thing and it flips it on its head and it puts like a fun house mirror on top. And it's like, you thought you had it under control. <laughs> you thought you were a big deal and knew everything <laughs> was so serious and like perfect and deep and poetic, but also like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is, yeah. Oh my God. I love that. I was wondering if there had to be a special story behind that. And um, I didn't even like really like mean to get like, I'm so happy you shared that. But even the first time I saw it, I was like, there's a story behind this card. So the archetypes, I want to kind of shift gears into your alchemy deck and some of the other projects, but just out of curiosity, like I'm happy to hear you say there was 250 because my problem is always like editing, especially something like that. Like the tarot has a boundaries and a parameter. Was there like, I know there are like thematic cards that go together and obviously there's the ones at the end in the archetype deck. But like, I'm always a big fan of like structured creativity, like creating something and letting it flow. I think that's why I like astrology so much. Did you know what the structure was going to be of the archetypes or like how you grouped them together? How you were going to, because it is sort of a, an endless exploration. It's endless. It's a great question. I kind of curated or shaped the cards of the archetype stack through first categories, people, you know, I, I was feeling like archetypes needed to be broadened mm -hmm. out. We yes. often think about it's different types of people, but mm -hmm. places are archetypal. Moments in our life are archetypal. Tools and kind of materials, you know, the home is an archetypal space, the graveyard, the temple, the river. These are archetypal spaces. And there's certain things that often happen to happen there. And those are often archetypal events like a baptism or a blessing mm. or something at the river. So these places carry a certain type of energy and they attract certain types of rituals or activities. So I had to really focus in and how am I going to structure this deck? So I relied on the pendulum for ah. curating the deck because one of my questions was, and if I'm going to call myself a visionary artist, then I have to put my money where my mouth is and say, if there's something bigger than me, then I have to make space for that thing to have a voice. So when I made the deck, I would go through my list of what cards I wanted to be in the deck and thought should be in there. And I'd put my finger on it and hold the pendulum and just ask for this time, for this moment to be drawn by me in this deck, what are the cards that need to appear? And I would go through and that's how I cut out certain cards and kept others. And I was shocked by the response. I mean, there's no hero card in the deck, right? which is if you look at any right. kind of basic book on archetypes, the, it's the hero. And so I thought about that a lot. Why is the hero not in this deck? And I actually think there's a section about it in the guidebook, but that it's very important for us to think about the the framing that we've given the hero archetype in the past in, in its specificity around gender, its yeah. specificity around being singular and heroic mm. rather than community oriented uh, and, and collaborative oh, and in service of rather than going out to get the thing and bring it back and be heralded by everyone. That's me. Yes. Right. And it keeps us isolated. The hero archetype can keep us feeling like go it alone. Yeah, do like it that rugged alone. individualism talks like that pull you up by your bootstraps. And I have to be the one to do this and I have to go out and and also 
Yeah, hero to me has taken on a little bit more of a heavy connotation because of it's like so close to kind of like the rescuer or these roles we get in of like, I have to save everyone. Everyone can save themselves. I want to like empower you hold space in a community container to help each other. But like one person doing it, that's so interesting. I don't think I read that part in the guidebook and I read like all the descriptions, I believe. I don't know if I read that, but that is so powerful and I appreciate and just really want to like bow to your trusting the process because I'm sure there's a part of you like a logical linear part of your brain or like an editor in your brain but maybe an actual editor who's like you're not going to have a hero card in like the archetype deck and to trust that and like what you just did of turning on its head and the questioning and that's the stuff I love that's visionary energy I love that believe me I was so self-conscious because I thought the scholar the student in me is just like (laughs) what are you making the single archetype, this, the one, the one that is like, what is the one archetype? You look in any basic book or Google it. You're like, what are archetypes? It's like the first one is the hero. Oh my goodness. I love that. And I, I, I just think again, I like you said, kind of practice what I preach. And that's the visionary artist because what you're doing, even right now for me, hearing you say that it's activating something else in me that they yeah, affirming something I've thought Or again, shaping like archetypes, build stories, stories, build our cultural, you know, the weaving of our cultural fabric. And like the story, the role of the hero, like we don't really need that right now in the new story we're trying to tell in the new culture we're trying to build. Like we've done that. Like, and, but again, that takes a lot of trust in the higher forces that are working through you and your little pendulum to be like, for sure. Just like one more time, like. (laughs) As per my last pendulum swing, are we 100% on this? But there's so much wisdom in that. And again, it's about something bigger than you. Like, And I just like that. And I hope that someone listening to this can trust whatever they're feeling right now that's doing something that feels a little like, what? Questioning themselves, but also feels so right in that that quiet part of them. Uh, Okay, so alchemy deck. I'm like, I don't know how to shift gears from that because I'm just in the archetypal world <laughs> right now. I'm like, because I love, I think like, yeah, Jungian, I always love Jungian analysis. I love archetypes. That's why I love a tarot. I love storytelling. And I don't know why, but archet- like when you were talking about the river, it's just so evocative. The imagery, it brings me right there. It's fun. It feels like imagination. Archetypes always feel like dress up for the soul. Like, oh yeah, today, like kind of pull the deck and it's like, yeah, what's the archetype that wants to like, Sometimes I'm like, I'm not really a certain way. Like, that's why I love Aries energy. I'm not very Aries all the time, but I always say like as an Aries archetype, I love to like put that on for a moment and be like, I want to see how it feels in here. That's why I love like big Aries transits. So archetypes have always really spoke to me. But then when I saw your next deck was called Alchemy and I was like, ooh, okay. The journey to discovering the gold within. And tell, can you tell us a little bit about like the framework for this deck or explain to people a little bit about like, what the deck is working with. Obviously, you talked about it a little bit in your car analogy, but just wanted to kind of like revisit that. Sure. It's a great question. Yeah. Archetypes have that theatrical component to them. Alchemy is very much oriented around experimentation and the process and metaphor. So looking at one's life through this metaphorical lens of like, this is the vessel of my life. What are the ingredients in it right now? There's a lot of, you know, and you can think about it elementally. So each of the cards, there's cards that represent the elements. There's cards that represent the planets. So planets are a huge thing in alchemy. 
and all of the planets are related then to a metal. So Jupiter and tin, Saturn and lead. And the whole process is about this metaphor on one hand of turning lead into gold. Mm -hmm. So alchemy is basically like this magical, metaphorical, metaphorically filled adventure of studying the process of one's life. You can study the big arc of your life from an alchemical mm. point of view. You can also look at this moment or this relationship, mm -hmm. this job, or this conversation and say, what are the elements at play? What are the qualities that are in this moment? And once you find that out, you can then understand more. What do I need to add more of or take away? Or you start to think about one's life from a less personal point of view and a more alchemically oriented point of view. You're like, I'm in the fire right now instead of like, I'm fucking everything up and everyone's arguing. You're like, oh my God, there's so much heat in my life. Everywhere I look, it's kind of angular and hot. Mm -hmm. If that's the quality, one thing I know I certainly don't need more of is heat. <laughs> yeah, that's alchemy in a base level. It's so helpful for understanding the crafts of one's life. Mm -hmm. The art that you're making, you know, uh, mm -hmm. the alchemist and the and the artist are, you could say, simpatico um, archetypes. Mm -hmm. They overlap and are almost one and the same, although some might argue with me on that. I would love to talk about just that because it's fascinating. <laughs> but also you can look at how everyone is working with alchemy mm -hmm. in their life all day. This isn't something that like men did in the 17th, 18th century in Europe. It's occurring now. Alchemy is occurring in the present tense mm -hmm. in all of our lives. And we are all alchemists to some degree, whether or not we are conscious of it yet or not. And the more conscious of it we become, the more consciousness there is in our whole lives. So the ingredients start to be enlivened and we can actually explore or uh, experiment and feel like we're involved in the laboratory of our life rather than life is like happening to us like, oh shit, it's plopped on the table and it's a big mess and oh my God. Right, but there's that. even a word for that. There's, there's even a word for that in alchemy. <laughs> it's um, masa confusa. It means mass confusion. What a classy way. What a fun, mystical, sciencey way of saying that. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like, I let's just put that. it in Latin let's and like everything and sounds Everything sounds good. better. Like, oh my God, everyone, please write that down. Here's the card. It's also oh. known as chaos. So you could spin mm -hmm. it upside down. And on the top wow. here are the three fates. They're like silhouetted, the three fates, like oh from Macbeth God. or from from mythology. And then you have like the web from the sorry the viewers can't see it but hopefully that they'll um yeah get can the google deck. search the card oh my god but damn i cannot wait for this deck i think like a little kid you show me a new toy i'm like i can't wait for my deck in july <laughs> <laughs> that is so okay cool so sorry you had the web the moon and the three fates on that yeah so there's this really amazing idea in alchemy that you start where you are you start with the 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 prima materia, which is called the first material. Mm. So someone that's going through 
grief, let's say, they're starting with a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Their water might be frozen, like they can't cry, and they're like disassociated. This is where alchemy and psychology start to overlap, which are a lot of the source content I used on the deck. Someone might be starting with loneliness, which has a kind of empty, more withdrawn, isolated material. Someone might be starting with lead, which is very heavy, very depressive, very much bogged down by itself. Mm. It's so much structure that it's just like absolutely stuck. And then there could be more Mars energy that has that like uh, active fist, like kind of iron. Mm -hmm. Mars is associated with iron. So it has more structure, but it's a more upright structure. Mm -hmm. So basically the idea with alchemy is to find out what is the first material? What's my entry point? What am I working with in my life right now? So the cards help us to discern or activate the part of us that knows like, okay, this is what I'm working with. I'm, I'm working with, you know, let me just pull a card yes. here. I'm working with rotation. So oh. this is one of the operations in alchemy, mm-hmm. rotatio. And that means something happening again and again and again. It's got the spider on the card reweaving the web. On one hand, archetypally, the happening again and again could be completely unnerving and uninspiring. You're hitting your head against the same wall. On the other hand, what if it's a daily practice that you're doing that's serving you and you're doing it again and again and again? What if it's like humbly revisiting the Mm -hmm. same relationship and finding a new way to offer yourself to it again and again every day after 15 years of marriage? You just show up and you weave the web. So all of these concepts can be thought of with a bo- uh, both sort of illuminated and more shadowed component. I love that. And I'd love to give you that full range of it. Wow. That, I'm, I'm so excited for this deck. And I was going to ask you, you know, what are some of the, the inquiries you would recommend? But clearly you just illustrated that beautifully with the, the prima materia, if I'm saying. I'm, I had to learn all my Latin uh, updates yeah, the, on this the first, but, um, the first i don't i don't have it right either i mean it's like <laughs> the pronunciation is I, tricky <laughs> um but I, I love that like where am i at right now and the check-in which i think again is just like a lot of this work we do whether it's therapy or card pulling or looking at astrology it's just to give the words and the emotional granularity and like oh yeah i am there that's helpful to know actually to put it into words and images exactly the alchemist always wants to know first and foremost, what's in what they call the laboratory. Mm. If my life were an alchemical lab, what's in it? Is it super clean and kind of empty, so pristine that it's like Mm. sort of, there's nothing there, vapid? Is it like a freaking mess with mud and like, it's just crazy? What's the laboratory? And I think if all the, you know, viewers could just sit down, you could actually just from an imaginal point of view, Mm -hmm. sort of describe like, what is my life? My life was a laboratory. What Mm -hmm. is it? And that's a really great starting point. Oh, what a delicious practice and so expansive. And I really just appreciate you. Clearly, I could feel your Sagittarius energy coming through and the way that you're just the research and the synthesis you're doing for us, because for the average person to study all these archetypes, but not just every archetype I know from the experience of working with that deck teaches me so much 
from the spiritual, from the cultural, from the psychological. Like you, we, you put so much, and you, you know, there's song recommendations. Like there's so much in just one card, and I am so excited to see the alchemy deck again. Like you're, you're weaving so much and synthesizing so much and making it so accessible. But again, also like not at the expense of it not being profound and deep and resonant. I just want to thank you for that, really, like because this is so fascinating to me. But it's not something I would have. I'm always drawn to the word alchemy, but what you're talking about is completely new to me. But it makes so much sense when you're saying it. I'm like, yes, I want to do more of that and like understand my life through this lens more. Thanks for saying that. I felt like I had to bring alchemy into an accessible place for people. It's so intimidating. I'm intimidated by it. Believe me, didn't feel and still don't feel like I'm prepared enough to make this deck. But that's one of the things that has to be addressed about alchemy. Mm -hmm. It's not happening by other people. Mm -hmm. It's not happening by official people. Mm -hmm. If a five-year-old roasts a marshmallow for their first time on the fire, they're experiencing power of alchemy and the attention it takes to roast the marshmallow. And then you go back to that concept in alchemy of rotatio, mm-hmm. or the ro- rotating the, the stick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the stick, it's actually you so complicated. I look, oh, oh yeah, rotatio. <laughs> the, st- <laughs> the stick can't start on fire mm. or the whole thing goes up. So you've got the wood that can't start on fire. The marshmallow, you don't want the sugar. There's also a sugar card in the deck because sugar is an ingredient that's used in the alchemical laboratory. So you, once you start looking at life through an alchemical perspective, you realize we're all doing it some better than others you know, <laughs> at all times. And we've got to acknowledge that or we keep alchemy in this locked up chamber for fancy people in centuries past who know stuff. And actually they were trying to figure it out just like we are. Their notes are very obscure and confusing, filled with symbols and, and imagery. And that can be intimidating, but we're all just trying to figure out the, this process of life. Mm. Oh, I love that. That is so beautiful. And thank you for sharing. So I just, you're so, um, the way you articulate things and then bring it together with the, the metaphor. I really do see how you're channeling so much of like the visual world and, you know, you're so beautiful with words, but then you have like all these different modalities and I can tell how much reverence you give them and how much like studying them. And bring them together when you speak. I'm just, I'm so excited for this deck. I feel like I'm like looking at Christmas. I'm like, um, I have to like check the, because <laughs> to me, again, I, I used to be like a deck fiend and then I kind of cooled it for like, I was like, okay, now I have my whole house is filled with decks. So I kind of cooled it down for a little while. And I just haven't bought a new deck probably since the pandemic. And when I saw my saw and my Long Island come out, when I saw yours come out, I was like, mm, okay, she's ready. She's ready for a new framework and that's like your decks for me it's not just the the deck and the art it's always gives gives me a new framework or an understanding new perspective new tool so thank you for that and your art and showing up so beautifully and just to honor your time we'll wrap up even though like i want i do want okay let's see quick off the top of your head i have to do my cosmic rx because i always like to share something practical even though you shared so much is there something you want to share with someone like someone who's listening to this and 
they're maybe in the stage of their life where they're realizing they're an artist or an alchemist. And is there something that you would like to share from your experience, whether that's like, you know, how to get it out in the world, or like you said, caring for your prana or just a hot tip for anyone entering this space, something that like, yeah, you would just like to share with the audience? Yes, certainly. I think always go to the physical body, get very practical and physical with it. So I'll just say before this interview, I felt very distracted and overwhelmed. I had like 35 minutes probably before this interview started. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? I'm in an entirely different headspace. Mm. So I did three things for three minutes each. I took a cold shower. It's peak summer, almost peak summer here, almost summer solstice in LA. Mm -hmm. And, but I, I do this throughout the year. If I need to change my headspace and I can get in the shower, then I do it. Three minutes, hands first, then the body, breathe, tap the belly, get out. That's an alchemical. That's alchemical. That, that's alchemy. You're working with temperature. You're working with the heat of the body. The body actually gets hot and pushes blood to the surface in order to make the body hot. So there's this real awareness of temperature and uh, going on. And you can see it, you can witness it in three minutes. You don't need any money to do it. You just need access to cold water. And, and then the mind gets very clear. And so then I got dressed and I did three minutes of breath of fire, which mm -hmm. is a pretty well-known practice with the ab abdomen pumping and the breath through the nostrils. And then I sat for a second and I did three minutes of what's called satali breath, which is putting the tongue in a mm. tunnel-like shape out the mouth, mm -hmm. like, like a long curling, a tongue curling. Some people can't do it. Okay. So you can inhale through the teeth. Like, but what you're trying to do after the breath of fire then is Satali breath brings in cool air and you bring in the cool air and you let the exhale push the soothing cool air through the body. So it really mm -hmm. slows down and cools and heals and settles the mind. So you can do any of those three things, but if you have like 15 minutes, you can actually do all three and get yourself in a different state. So even if you're trying an artist trying to get your stuff out there in the world, before you sit down and hammer yourself with negative thinking for two hours at your computer, <laughs> or heaven forbid, get on social media and try to figure that matrix out, do this for 15 mm. minutes. Even if you can't do a cold shower, just do breath of fire and satali mm -hmm. breath. You can find these things online. Just set a timer for three minutes mm -hmm. and just do it. And then you're going to address your quote, like getting your art in the world or getting anything in the world or finding a partner or whatever. You're going to step towards that in a different way mm. with more power and more clarity and less neediness, less mm. insecurity and less impatience. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes to all of that. Yeah. That was Even if amazing. it's 10%, 10% less of those things, right. and that will change the trajectory. Just a little to clear off that initial fog of that. And thank you. That is like truly what I love about asking for the practical tool. I'm like, yeah, you've been literally going to go do that like right now because I have a bunch of stuff going on tonight that I'm like, Ooh. so I want to be, I like the energy shift and, you know, alchemy. Like that, that's such a beautiful tool and like how to bring that all together. Thank you for sharing that. And also thank you. I love like your vulnerability and your realness. I'm just like, yeah, like, <laughs> because to me, you sit so grounded right now and just such a 
beautiful divine channel be like I was like stress as fuck like you know an hour and a half ago <laughs> yeah, an hour and a half ago I was like uh doing a podcast I'm like oh, I have I can't even speak right now Oh, man. Well, clearly, like the proof is in the pudding because it works. So everyone go share that. You know, I want to wrap up here. And I do, you know, I wish we could have a whole podcast about this, but I just wanted to shout out things that I'm sure you're excited for. Can you tell us what's coming down the pike for you? Is there a film coming out you're working on? Like what's next? This is your last deck, you said, in like some of the is, stuff I've seen. This is my This is my fourth and final deck. And with that, completion is opportunity for me to get back to some of the things that I had been doing before the wild unknown happened. And one of those projects is bringing uh, a book that I wrote blossoms and bones a couple of years ago out into film. So we've been adapting it to film script and I've got some things in the works this year, trying to bring it into being. So more news on that to come. And another thing I have just completed is a full-length album where I'm singing and writing and playing instruments and kind of combining all the super trippy mystical concepts of these decks into a sound, sound field. So it's really exciting. And that will, I'm working on the music videos now, which are like animated drawings and more artwork. And hopefully it will be out early next year. Oh, I'm so excited for that. Listen to that music while pulling the decks. I thought I was curious about your relationship to music because of the way you reference songs and, and certain things in the deck. And, and obviously, like, again, it, it all makes so much sense. And I just am so excited to, like, absorb all of that and learn from it and grow. And you, again, I love the channeling you do. I love how it's coming out of you in such a beautiful, like, expansive multi-dimensional way and just trusting like each thing as it's happening in the process that's coming up and you're just such a living walking example of this alchemy this is that you just spoke of and then what's happening in your laboratory is amazing i love it we live for it Thanks. keep doing it and where can people i mean what's the best way for people to find you like i don't know do you have a way you want people to buy the books or like through your website or through certain websites or sorry your new deck or I would say how people find you, but I'm sure you don't want people like finding you, finding you. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So Here's like, my home address. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want my cell phone number? Okay, right. Do you have a pen? <laughs> like, um, what's the best way for people well, to you get can, your works? <laughs> you can find me on Insta. My personal feed is Kim Kranz. And then The Wild Unknown has a feed too. From there, you can find, and my website's kimkranz.com. You can find places to find either locally or by you know, some of the bigger sellers, you can find my books and my decks and other fun things. And through social, you'll find news about the album coming out and anything that's happening with the movie next year. All right. Well, everyone, please go pre-order her deck. I just feel like it really is going to need to be in your life. And, you know, to call back to the hero archetype, even though we're done with that, they say, don't meet your heroes. And I did today, and you did not disappoint. <laughs> but she's also not a hero because we're deconstructing that concept. Um, yeah, truly, thank you. My kickboxing instructor <laughs> often says, "Like, don't be a hero." <laughs> you know, if we're, we're trying to be a hero, <laughs> she's like, "Don't you know? Don't be a hero. You don't, you don't need to be fifteen of those. <laughs> just let's just 
And I love that phrase, don't be a hero. I'm like, I feel like I, we need I'm taking that. I know my sister says it all the time. I think it's like, we don't need to be a hero about that. I'm like, it's so true. Yeah. So we're, <laughs> but thank you so much. This was like delightful, delicious. It was in depth. You made me laugh. I'm like going to go and just think all about alchemy now for the rest of the summer. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom so generously with us. Thanks, Maddie, so much. Do you love getting your Cosmic RX for the week here and want more? Make sure to sign up for our premium subscription so you can get exclusive access to bonus podcast episodes, all of my astrology info for the month ahead, and live new and full moon calls to help you manifest your dream life with an intentional international community of other cosmic baddies. Sign up through our link in show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about Cosmic Rx, head on over to thecosmicrx.com. And if you really love this show, I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I super love hearing from you and reading your reviews. All right, you cosmic baddie, tune in next week. And until then, remember, love yourself fully, work your magic, and take no shit.